0: Hello to our Power Patron subscribers, and welcome to another edition of the Power Hour podcast, exclusive to Patreon and the Power Patron tier and above as part of the WrestleCopia.com brand. I'm your host, Ray Russell, and joining me for another action-packed hour is the one, the only, Steven Ekstat. And Steve, it's good to have you back here with me.
1: Happy to be here, man. This is going to be awesome. This one's going to be tremendous.
0: And you know... I just described this hour as action-packed, and, well, you, you might have asked, Ray, how can this show be action-packed when it's just a talk show, a podcast? Well, as I sat down and started thinking about today's topic, it got me going. It got my juices flowing, I started feeling really passionate about today's topic, and, yes, even though I won't be throwing anyone off the top of Titan Tower or hitting on anyone with a gigantic clown-sized mallet, I do feel very actively about this episode, and so it just feels like an action-packed episode to me if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, man, it makes all the sense in the world. I really think uh, this is going to be one of those conversations that a lot of people don't really have. I can't wait to dive in and discuss it. I think It's probably going to be one of our best shows that we do, so I'm excited.
0: And before we get going, I just want to say that I, I typically try to avoid conversations like this because I'm not into discussing today's product or what's wrong with today's product or Pretty much anything that has anything to do with today's product or anything from the last decade, to be honest with you. But uh, this was actually a really good question, and I guess it just hit me at the right time, and I really want to discuss it. So basically what happened was, Steve, uh, going back to our Clash of Champions review episode a few weeks ago, available now as a free preview episode right now on WrestleCopia.com, by the way. At the end of the episode, you asked an excellent question. Uh, we simply didn't have time to get into at the time, a question that probably deserved a show of its own, and now it's getting a show of its own right here, right now. And that question was, has Vince McMahon, or the WWE, gone as far as it can go? And to a greater extent, has wrestling in general gone as far as it can go? Uh, Is there someone out there to bring back a a consistent four or five rating? Is there a way for wrestling in general to reach another boom period? And my answer, Steve, is probably going to piss a lot of people off. A lot of the diehards of the current product in particular. And that's okay if you don't agree with me. I'm a firm believer in everyone having their own opinions. That's what's great about opinions. They're not facts. So Steve, you can have your opinion. I can have mine. Our subscribers out there, you guys are entitled to your own opinions. And none of them are going to upset me. I know there are other podcasters out there in the world that push their narrative as being the only narrative, and they're right. And if you disagree with them, you're wrong. And either you're with them or against them, and I don't like to do that. That's not in my DNA. Uh, you can like chocolate, and I can like vanilla, and that doesn't offend me in the slightest. It's okay to be different, and so I want everybody out there to have their, form their own opinions and think what you want to think, but I, this is right here, we're going to talk about what me and you think on this episode, and I hope everyone enjoys it. At least if they don't agree, I hope they at least enjoy it and find it not necessarily informative because it is an opinionated episode. But maybe maybe they'll look at a different side of things if they don't necessarily agree with us. At least they'll maybe they'll see where we're coming from.
1: To sum it up, there's really no wrong answer, because <laughs> like you said, it's facts. And this is how we feel and our own thoughts. I'm not pushing my agenda on anybody. If I was pushing an agenda, to be 100% honest with you, I wish I could just flat out come out and say, I wish we could have another boom period to where wrestling is not taboo and it's not one of those things that needs to be hidden. Like, you're a fan, needs to be hidden. I wish it was that four or five with two companies that are running billion-dollar industries and, and companies, and, you know, it, it's commonplace and it's entertaining and it's fun and it's something that you look forward to. If anybody had an agenda, that would be it. That's what everybody would want. But is that, is that possible? Is that reality? Um, that's what we're going to discuss. But if you, if you disagree with us, then, yeah, there's no hard feelings. It is what it is. You have your thoughts. I have mine. Let's talk about it and come to a conclusion. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm, like I said, I'm really excited to get into this with you. We do this all the time. We talk all the time. So just being able to get it out there for other people to hear it, it's, it's going to be an experience. And I, uh, like I said, I'm pumped.
0: And I, I just want to point out, too, before we get going, that, We haven't discussed this topic whatsoever before this show. Like Sometimes we might chit-chat about a few things. Maybe when we're reviewing things, we might make a couple of notes to each other about what we're seeing or what we're thinking uh, over the course of it before we record an episode. There was no discussion here. You simply asked the question at the end of the last episode of The Power Hour. We're picking it up right here. There was no time in between. So I have no idea what Steve's going to say. Steve has no idea what I'm going to say. So it's going to be a really fun episode. So, getting back to the question, has wrestling in general gone as far as it can go? Is there anything Vince and the WWE can do to reach the pinnacle again? In one word, and in my opinion only, no. And I've kind of broken that down into four points I wanted to get at here today. And Steve, I'd love to have your take as we go along. My first point is, it's a point of, we're going to focus this first point specifically on Vince McMahon and the WWE. We can start with Vince. People want to blame Vince, and, and rightfully so. so, so I feel to a large degree right now there's a lot on Vince's shoulders, and he can, he can be blamed for a lot of things going on right now. There's rumors uh, at, the, at this point that he never wants another super mega star like a Hogan, Austin, or even a Cena, because the WWE, the company... They want to make everyone replaceable inside their machine. So no one man or woman can ever hold them up again or or screw them over or anything like that. They basically want to make sure that they have full control of their company. But they worked hard on Roman Reigns there for a while. and, And I find it hard to believe that if one man or one woman could make the money that Stone Cold Steve Austin generated, that they would turn that down. I find that very hard to believe. However, the real issue in regards to WWE creating a star like that is, they have no continuity anymore. There's no direction anymore. They have no idea what they're doing day to day, much less week to week. How often do you read about Vince rewriting, tearing up scripts as raw as going on the air? I mean, if they don't know what the hell's going on, we as fans certainly don't know what the fuck's going on.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think it's a, a firm no, but I, I just feel like with the way Vince is running things, and, and let's be honest, this is no knock on AEW at all. The wrestling business is WWE to. You know, mainstream people, it's WWE, and that's really it. Uh, Let's be honest there. So if anybody can make this boom period happen, it has to be Vince McMahon and WWE. And it may not even necessarily have to be Vince. Just WWE. If Vince passes or, you know, heaven forbid that happens, it's going to happen at some point (laughs) because everybody's going at some point. But I think the chances are there. It's just they don't know how to capitalize on it. We had a discussion about NXT during our watch along with Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat, how they can build those basic feuds over just who's better in the ring, but it doesn't necessarily draw. They get destroyed every week by AEW. So everybody says they want wrestling and that's it. But is that what the people want? It doesn't seem like that's the case because if they want wrestling, it's there. You can watch NXT. You can watch AEW. You can watch New Japan. You can watch whatever you want. There's so much wrestling readily available that you can get it if you want it. So it's whatever you gotta find whatever it is, and the biggest, the biggest missing piece to this whole thing to me is there's no stars. Um, You can walk around the street and just ask like, do you know who Roman Reigns is, or do you know who Seth Rollins is, and people are gonna look at you like, who the hell you talking about? whereas you can go ask anybody, hey, you know who Goldberg is. So they're going to like, yeah, I know who Goldberg is. Or you ask who Steve Austin is, everybody's going to know who that is. It doesn't matter if they're wrestling fans or not. And you I don't that's the what's missing. There's nothing that is drawing people in to make you want to see what's going to happen. And the reason you don't have that is because there's like you said there's no continuity. There's no consistency. They do something one week, like each show is its own show. It's like a sitcom. It's like situational comedy sometimes where it's just each show has its own merits, and that's it. They want you to forget about it the next week, and that's not what works. You need storylines and, and reasoning behind whatever it is you're trying to sell, and they just don't have that. And I think that's the biggest detriment on a, on a high level. NXT has that. But on the Raw SmackDown level, the reason why the ratings are as shitty as they are is because they have no fluid. How can you book a long-range long storyline when, like you said, they have no idea what they're doing? two hours before the show starts. <laughs> so it, it's, uh, I, I love to, to say, yeah, it could happen, but I just don't see it. I don't know how they can pull themselves out of this rut that they're in.
0: Yeah. And I mean, uh, I'll go back real quick. And the reason I say no, Um, I said I had four points I want to get to, and the reason I made Vince and the WWE my first point was because that's more a creative issue. It's more of Vince and and him being the WWE and that that machine being what everyone has known for the last 35 years at least as the elite wrestling company in the world. So I wanted to touch on that first. That, that can be fixed to a degree, like you said, if they had the right people and they're doing the right thing. So that's the one point I think that can be resolved. It's also why I wanted to bring that up first, because my other three points, they're a little more detailed. They're a little, they're much bigger issues than just the WWE or Vince McMahon uh, themselves. And uh, my, my next topic of point would be that there's little left to create as new to draw attention back that basically kills any hope of wrestling succeeding or one star really breaking out ever again to me if it's based on speaking or acting cool like some of the guys in the in the in the past the the 80s boom period was based in large part on a lot of new fads adding rock and roll to wrestling the whole MTV thing even hulk hogan was not your ordinary world champion at that time he was more of a superhero looking being than a a Lou Thez or even a Harley race, or even really a Ric Flair, because even though Ric Flair was flashy, it still came down to him being a wrestler. And Hogan was more of that superhero than a, a human being. It was a cartoon era that it sold to kids, but it entertained the shit out of adults as well. And, and that worked for a good while. Uh, when that got stale, where did we go? We went back to it. We went into a lull and it went back into the more traditional wrestling on top with Sean and Brett and whoever mixed in with the, uh, you know, quote-unquote sideshow acts like the undertaker which there had always been characters in, in professional wrestling and, and i don't even mean that as a negative comment like that's not a negative connotation on the undertaker it's just that there's room for that but it doesn't necessarily it's not what's selling the product and uh, of course we got the stupid gimmicks in the 90s too that wound up mostly being used as lower level guys in the car during you know the early and mid 90s anyway wrestling became cool again when there was an, another new trend A trend that once again meshed well with the change in society. The 1990s were where people started speaking their minds a little more and a little more open and candid. It was cool to be a degenerate, no pun intended. And WWE rode that wave with with DX and most certainly Steve Austin, who got to say and do everything we wished we could have said and done, not only to bosses but to teachers and pretty much everyone else on the face of the earth. Uh, millions of people were living vicariously through Stone Cold Steve Austin. There's no doubt about that. And The Rock was just so damn entertaining that he came along at the perfect time, too, and it all just went went together.
1: I agree. I think the, that's the big issue right now is that, like you said, there's nothing left. What else is there? Nothing new is coming down the pipe. I mean, people are just rehashing old things. Uh, they're rehashing the 80s. Whereas, that may work for a movie. You, you know, you can recreate a movie. You can do a a sequel to a movie that was done in the eighties, whatever you want to do, people are going to enjoy it for the nostalgia factor. It, it, it's going to be, it's just going to be accepted for what it is, and it's not really going to get trashed because people love the, you know, the Back to the Futures or the Ghostbusters or whatever the case may be. They enjoy the, the brand, so they watch it. Uh, whereas in wrestling, they don't necessarily want the past; they want that next big wave of whatever it is that is going to catch a lightning bolt and take it off. Whereas in today's society that we live in, that's not possible. I mean, everything is, you have to be so politically correct. And if, if the rock came out like right now and cut a promo that he cut in 1998 or 99, um, he would be destroyed in media. His whole image that he has right now would be gone. And it'd be like, what in the world is going on in the WWE? So, when you're that handcuffed and that confined into a box, it just makes things difficult. I mean, doing simple things uh, on shows that I read about that people, they get backlash for, it's incredible. Just like, uh, I think it was Alexa Bliss recently supported uh, Murphy being with a 18-year-old daughter of Rey Mysterio and there's like backlash. So she made her Instagram private or whatever, Twitter private she didn't like the backlash of her supporting her ex her ex-fiance it, it's a storyline people it's not reality it's not real they're trying to tell a story if you think Buddy Murphy's really dating Rey Mysterio's daughter it's not happening it's it's fake you know it's it's a story it's not it's not real it's just and really, like a,
0: and really people can keep their opinions to themselves in that regard If if, if that was real and she's legal age then it's nobody exactly. else's business but their own So the fact that anybody even, not only the fact there are people crapping on it, but they're crapping on somebody else for, for putting it over. And I mean, I, I I get, I get what you're saying. It's not even, it's a storyline, but let's just say it was real for a moment. So not only are they upset with the, with the, the young lady seeing the, the older gentleman, they're mad at the girl that supports the, the two for, for being together. It's, it's people will bitch about anything. And that I have that that's that's in within my points as well that we'll be getting to that a little later into the into the conversation. But um, just to go back real quick to the last point I was making. So we had the big '80s boom period, all the new stuff, the rock and roll, and everything like that. We went into the lull. We went back to basics. We went back to what worked. We went back to wrestling. Now I wasn't selling tickets like the the Hulk Hogan boom period, but it was it was what we knew would at least pacify things until we got to the next cyclical, supposedly cyclical boom period, which was the Attitude Era. So now we've got Stone Cold and we've got The Rock and we've got DX, but eventually, once again, we went back to the basics uh, after the Attitude Era dissipated, which some of those talents were great, some of the ones we've already named especially, but the wrestling itself was lacking a lot during the Attitude Era so people weren't necessarily watching for just the wrestling. They were watching for everything else that was going on as well. And me and you have our own opinions about that, but that's for another show. Uh, but it did work for, the, for a while with the, with the masses, so you can't argue that. But those guys did and said everything a human being could ever want to do or say. Were, there was no restrictions. They, they had no restraints. Then WWE went public, went PG. The fact that John Cena got over as much as he did for as long as he did Says wonders about the guy's work ethic. Maybe not the greatest wrestler ever, but certainly a hell of a hard worker. And uh, I was never a John Cena fan, but I'm always the first to call a spade a spade and give people their dues. I give my opinions, but I never, never push my narrative. Everyone's entitled to their own opinions, and that will never upset me. Like, you know, some of the other podcasters out there, like I've mentioned, not a fan of John Cena in the ring. I, I do believe he's put on some decent matches from time to time. I, I when he was there full time, I was not a fan of him as a wrestler. Uh, I respect the hell out of him as uh, uh, an employee. You couldn't ask for a better employee.
1: No, absolutely not. And I, I think, like you mentioned earlier, catching that wave of what is cool. He came around and like the, when he first came in that heel gimmick. Well, not when he first came in. He had that bland, boring gimmick going. But once he turned into like the rapper John Cena, that was. It was 2003, and it just kind of caught fire. Like, people were loving the raps and things that he was doing, and that's that was what was cool at the time. Rap was huge in the early 2000s. So it's what got him over, and then when he went, you know, it kind of got watered down and everything, but the guy was on top for in a tremendous amount of time, made a shit ton of money, did everything he needed to do. Um, and I'm with you. I'm not a huge in-ring John Cena fan. I'm not going to say he's obviously one of the biggest draws, in WWE history, he's right up there as far as merch and drawing money, you know, with the top guys. So you can't knock him. But he do, I do have I uh, – I don't know the best words to describe it, but when I went to WrestleMania 23, that was the last time I felt like a fan, uh, just a regular fan, like where I was like, oh, crap, I don't know what's going to happen. I just bought into it. And it was him and Shawn Michaels. I don't know if it was John Cena or if it was Shawn Michaels. I give them both credit. They made me feel like a fan again for 25 minutes. And um, for them to be able to do that, they'll never get – I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Shawn Michaels either. But John Cena will never um, hear any ill will from me just because they're the last ones to be able to do that. So kudos to them. But, um, yeah, it's tremendous what he did. And just like, like you said, he's like a Hogan. He wasn't the greatest in the ring, but he drew. And that's all that matters. So,
0: you know, we fast-forward through John Cena, past John Cena, and uh, they did try with Roman Reigns, but they, they force-fed him, and people puked him back up because of it. Um, they hurt Reigns for a long time because of that. Uh, this heel shit they're doing right now with them—that they should have done that years ago. And anyway, nobody is even close to in a position right now to get over as that next big uh, star. Uh, the company's so far down the toilet right now, even if they were pushing the... Uh, if they had one guy on the roster right now that was semi-over and they were pushing him right, he still couldn't get over to the level they need him at. And um, they've always said the wrestling business comes in cycles. Well, this cycle's been on the decline for fucking 19 years now. I don't know why nobody else can see that. I'm still waiting for that next big bullshit uh, um, boom period uh, for the, you know, the climb back up the hill to the top of this cycle. I, this is the longest cycle I've ever uh, seen in the wrestling business. Um, and I'm not saying um, there haven't been some decent years or decent stars over the last decade or decade and a half or whatever, uh, but there's certainly been no larger-than-life stars, no untouchable superheroes like a Hulk Hogan or anyone near the drawing power of the rock or move as much merchandise annually as Steve Austin, Cena again being the only one you know coming anywhere near remotely close to any of those guys, and that's the issue right now. And they could hide that for the first 10, 12, 15 years of the 2000s because they just bring back random guys from the past for a while, pop the pay-per-view or TV rating with so-and-so coming back, but they're in a position now where those guys aren't young enough to do that anymore. You were using former stars to get your shows back on track, but now your former stars are the guys who weren't over the last time they were with the company, so how are they going to help if you bring them back? So... I hate to say it, but uh, this has been on a downward spiral for a very long time. And while there were some fun periods over the past decade or, or 15 years, uh, they've basically been treading water. And now with the terrible attention span of Vince and his crazy decisions in the last few years and nobody, uh, clearly nobody being able to override him, it's basically killing the company. And honestly, because the WWE has been, so, uh, been number one for so long, it hurts the entire business. Because the lower the WWE goes, the, the less interest there, there is of fans anywhere of, of following wrestling. And I'm not talking about the diehard fans who are going to watch, no matter how good or bad the WWE does. I'm talking about just yeah. the casual fan. You're, you, 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 when WWE's this bad, nobody was going to watch Nitro. Maybe maybe for Hogan, maybe for the NWA. Oh, but nobody was just going to turn on Nitro because wrestling was on. People turned it on Nitro because the WWE had gotten hot and Nitro got it hot at the same time. and there was this buzz and people became interested in the product. And right now there's, there's no interest in the product unless you're a fan that knows what AEW is. You have to be a wrestling fan. That that's not the buzz on the street. Nobody's talking AEW on the street. Um, Cody Rhodes yeah. is not Goldberg. Uh, he, you know, no. so, you know, that's um, it's unfortunate, but as low as WWE is right now, I'd be embarrassed to turn it, the product on and have anybody watch it. And tell them, you know, like, what, what do you think? This yeah. is the same wrestling that was on 20 years ago? This is the same wrestling that had Stone Cold Steve Austin? I, I think they wouldn't even right. recognize it.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And, and Tell them to watch two weeks in a row and, and see if any of it makes sense. Um, because it's not. And I think that's something that Meltzer harps on a lot uh, with, like, people poaching talent. Because, you know, the story is Vince obviously left it open for a company to be able to uh, steal his talent and then hit the hot, you know, get hot like WCW did with Savage, Hogan, all the guys that Vince created or helped create. Um, But he always mentions, he's like, the the talent from the Attitude Era is nowhere near the level of uh, the talent that was from the Eight rock and wrestling era. I mean, you can bring in a Piper in 96 and he's fresh. Uh, you can bring a Mr. Perfect in or a Kurt Hennig. Um, you can bring those guys in, and they're going to uh, instantly like. There's instant credibility because everybody knows who they are. If you're a wrestling fan, you knew who those guys are. Right. You can bring out, and this is no knock on D'Lo Brown, but you can bring D'Lo Brown out to the WWE right now, and everybody's going to be like, "Who the hell is this?" In the crowd, I mean, they're yeah. not going to know. D-Lo yeah, it's it's just a different.
0: It's a completely different fan base. Yeah,
1: or, or something like that. These guys. just they were good for the Attitude Era. They worked in the Attitude Era. Um, but as far as being actual stars, they don't have any. So, they're, like you said, these guys that they're bringing back, like the Stevie and the Flares and those guys, they're freaking 60, 70 years old. They can't do anything to help you pop a rating. Uh, those guys are gone. So now it's up to you to figure it out. And they can't. They don't know how.
0: Yeah, trading is. water is
1: the perfect analogy for what the WWE is at this, day, at yeah. this time.
0: Yeah, and the only reason they're doing so well is you know because of business, uh, all the all the contracts they've signed with with Saudi Arabia and with uh, Fox and with NBCU,
1: exactly.
0: and uh, it's going to be very interesting. They're, to see what yeah, they're going that's to
1: be hurt. What, what I was about to say. They're yeah. be because NBC, what well, they laid off thousands of employees, and uh, Disney's about to do the same. Uh, Fox, Fox has already started. Uh, so you know it's coming there's there's not going to be billion dollar tv contracts just waiting but then no, again the there's NBA a lot of
0: those companies are starting to move over to the streaming now
1: mm-hmm. the nba's in the tank too for completely different reasons so you know everybody said if you can pull a you know one one to two million viewers and get that what point five in the demo that you want you're going to have business but man this this COVID just messing everybody's shit up and it's crazy.
0: Yeah. So that'll take me to point number three. And, uh, this one is, and this is a a toughie here for, for people out there that just, uh, have their own opinions and and love to voice their own opinions. And number three, my point number three is society as a whole is just absolutely too fucking sensitive. Now, um, everything offends someone now and and some things rightfully. So I, I get it. Uh, Other things, it's just people wanting to feel important by having something to bitch about. Uh, Like you said, the people giving Alexa Bliss crap for putting over a storyline involving, you know, Rey Mysterio's daughter and Buddy Murphy, or Murphy, or whatever the hell, whatever name he's going by this week. Um, It's uh, for whatever reason, wrestling gets held to a different standard than everything else on the face of the earth that's considered fake. Uh, This is more rhetorical than anything, but I have to ponder this. Why is wrestling? which is looked at by many as one of, if not the lowest form of entertainment on the face of the earth. Why is wrestling, which those who don't like it, don't follow it. Uh, they love to point out how fake and phony it is. People love to say shit like, um, you know, that's phony, right? Or, uh, why do you watch that fake shit? So wrestling it's, it's low on the totem pole of entertainment unless you're a fan. So why is it held in such a higher standard than fucking movies? Like Why is it okay to murder and rape and pillage and and blow shit up in a movie, which is fake because it's a movie, but wrestling, which is also fake, and you people out there have pointed that out to me, you non-fans. If you even suggest someone is uh, five pounds overweight, one of the females or something like that, uh, there's people complaining and and demanding sponsors to pull out because the storyline's about a girl putting on weight. So it's okay in a fake movie to murder and rape and blow shit up, but in this in the inside the wrestling circle, even though it's fake also, you can't do shit like that. That's not cool. Like, can you explain to me when people watch a movie? they can get lost in said movie, and at the end of the movie, there's nobody complaining about how many guys Jason murdered. In fact, it's the opposite. It's like, oh, there wasn't he didn't kill enough people this year or there's not enough blood and guts in this episode. I didn't like this It, it wasn't violent enough. But in wrestling, Something can be deemed too violent or offensive. To me, it's all a load of hypocritical bullshit. Either everything offends you, both movies and wrestling, or nothing offends you. That's the way I would imagine it should be. Uh, You don't get to randomly decide which TV program, let's say Law & Order SVU, for example. It's okay to rape or kill someone in the storyline as long as at the end of the episode, the rapist is caught, right? Meanwhile, in wrestling, you can't can't do anything to uh, push a feud that's that's deemed um i I won't just say offensive but just deemed over the top uh they won't let you get to the end of your storyline to to right the wrong so to speak it's just wrong you shouldn't put that on wrestling it's okay if you put it on a tv show or a movie but in wrestling it's it's a different story i i don't understand i've never been able to grasp why if everyone's so big on wrestling being fake why they take the storyline so fucking seriously
1: yeah, absolutely, man. It's it's bullshit, like you said. It's 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 a storyline. It's a story meant to be told. It's a male soap opera. That's what we've always been told. It's it's a man's version of Guiding Light or General Hospital, whatever the hell, you, whatever hell's still. I don't even know. But uh, that's all it is. It's a manly way to enjoy a show that has decent action, over the top storylines, over the top characters, and. That's what you want to see. Uh, that's what I want to see. I want to see the pushing the envelope and, and taking it too far. And, you know, Vince does take it too far. There's things that he's done that he probably shouldn't have, and he's and he's going to continue to do that because he's Vince McMahon, and he and with all his faults, I will say the one thing he does not give a shit about is what people say about his company because in his mind it's okay. Because he's always defended what he's done. He's always he may have been an asshole about it, but he's Vince McMahon. He's always been that way. He's not going to bow down to political correctness. I mean, right. people are shitting all over him for firing people during a pandemic, and I get that. I understand that. But he doesn't care. It, he he absolutely does not care. If he did, he wouldn't do it. And uh <laughs> pal. People are pissed off. I love it. Exactly. Like He's he's off right now. Controversy creates cash. It's just not good controversy <laughs> to get right. people to come back but uh, I'm with you 100%, man. They can't do anything. If they do anything that pushes the envelope or provocative, and I guarantee you this week with, uh, or whoever, uh, Alexa Bliss joining up with Bray Wyatt, I'm sure they love that shit. But two weeks ago, she was enemy number one just because she supported another storyline that her fiancé, her ex-fiancé was in. She's happy for him because he's getting... A pretty big storyline and he's he's earned it. He's a pretty damn good worker. And yeah, and if he's you put a good it, talent, and, and, and you, he
0: deserves it. Absolutely. And if you put into context going back just for a second to the age thing, what was Ric Flair doing at age forty in nineteen eighty nine, coming out with forty women who were in their early twenties? If if that if that's so offensive. Why was it exactly. okay? I mean, you know, I just uh, <laughs> everything's just so ludicrous and, and and so fucking hypocritical, such nonsense bullshit from so many people out there. Yeah. And that takes me into the biggest thing, is, the biggest, like, thing, biggest uh, point. You, no, you go on, man.
1: Before you get there, like you got me fired up now. Um, <laughs> the other thing too, is that you can't win with with social media or just the people, the internet, you can't win because they're just going to keep on moving the goalposts. Um, if you fix one thing, they're going to find the next thing to be mad. And you fix that. It's just going to be the next thing. So there, there's two ways you can go. You can either, worry about it and change it consistently and constantly, or you can just say, you know what? F all of you. We're going to do what we want to do. If you want to do it your way (laughs) build you a company and take over and do what you want to do because other companies in wrestling do not get this shit that WWE gets. They do not get it. AEW can do no wrong. It seems like, and they have faults too, but why is it a double standard? If, uh, if WWE does something and it gets shit on, and then AEW turns around and does something similar three weeks later, it's like the greatest thing in the world. Uh, well, I've seen people, people do, do the opposite the,
0: of that. In fact, I see far more people shitting on AEW and putting over WWE. It seems like if you like one, you can't like the other. Um, that's they both they both have their own faults, and I've pointed. I know, and you've never trashed AEW, but you've certainly seen. Uh, I don't even want to use the word cynical, but certainly you're not really sold on AEW, and. I've seen some AEW. I've seen enough to know that I put it this way to you. I think in the past um, I can watch a three hour episode of raw and enjoy nothing. I can watch a two hour episode of AEW and enjoy one segment, which one's the winner. Well, I, that, that, that doesn't say a whole lot for either one of them, but if I have to make the choice at that point, I'm going to go with the one where at least, you know, I can come out of something and say, well, there was 15 minutes decent on AEW versus three hours of raw, which was just got awful from open to close. So yeah. yeah, they both have I mean, a lot of,
1: uh, flaws. Um, sounds like we're, we're all losing if that's the case, <laughs> let's be honest. It sounds like we're all losing. Right. Um, um that's another story for a different day,
0: but I, and I'll get into my uh, fourth and final point here. And this is a, a major point for me mm-hmm. and you kind of just, ba- just barely touched on it there a little bit ago. And that's social media. Uh, social media also changed the game huge. And, wrestlers are so much easier to come in contact with now. They can like what you say. They can reply to your thoughts. They can even follow you. So uh, they feel more like a, a peer than this unreachable being like they were when I was growing up. I mean, I remember as a kid, the only way I, I came in contact with a wrestler, these larger than life superstars, these movie stars, basically, if you will, was if I, I bought a ticket and slapped her hand at ringside if I was lucky enough if that baby face was one of the guys that went around ringside slapping your hand, or if you were lucky enough, uh, they were doing an autograph signing somewhere in town, but then you, then all you got then was a, hello, how are you doing? A nice friendly smile and a handshake. And you were on your way. once you got the autograph, that was it. Now, nowadays you could be 13 years old, start a Twitter account, say some half-ass relevant shit. And, and then you got Mick Foley or, or fucking Matt Hardy liking what you're saying. I mean, it's just a different world and wrestlers were far less, far less accessible and that made them feel like bigger stars to me as a kid. And even as you get older, maybe you run into a few guys at a bar or if you're one of those people that like to stalk them back to the hotel. Um, look at the depth you had to go to, though, in order to meet and hang out with these guys back then. And and while uh, we've known for a long time that wrestling is fake, uh, they didn't slap us upside the head back then like they do now with it to remind us you know, all the time like they do now. I'll go back to Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman. They were feuding a while back. It might've been a couple years ago. Now I I really can't remember, but, um, and then Braun or or one of them, I think it was Braun goes on fucking Twitter or Instagram or whatever the fuck it was. And he posts a picture of the two of them, him and Roman Reigns in the middle of their feud, mid feud, uh, posing together, smiling while on a vacation somewhere in some fucking, you know, Island somewhere, or some shit. You mean to tell me, uh, that. That couldn't have been kept fucking private for your family or friends or fucking three years from now or whatever. Like you needed to share that shit with the world right in the middle of your fucking feud. And I'm not living in 1972 kayfabe world here, people, or anything shit like that. I'm, I'm aware wrestling's a work. I know how things go. Uh, I'm even content with the fact that they're not lying to us and, and saying the shit's real. But as a fan of wrestling, shit like this does the business no favors and the stars involved, it does them no favors. I know you guys are friends in real life. Uh, congratulations, Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman, on being friends. But do you need to remind us in the middle of your feud that you guys are fucking hanging out, partying at night? Like, another uh, uh, example. Did Lana really need to go post pictures of her relationship with Rusev during the angle where she was split from Rusev? Uh, it's, why do these people do this shit? They're only hurting themselves. And could you imagine... Okay, let's 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 take a movie uh situation here. Could you imagine if you're you're sitting there you're watching fucking Star Wars and in the middle of a fucking segment, in the middle of a, a scene, uh fucking dude in the Darth Vader costume takes his shit off to go smoke a cigarette over in the corner with Obi-Wan Kenobi in the background of the fucking movie. I mean, it's the same difference or it's the same difference to me at least. It's I'm, I'm trying to suspend my disbelief here and you're not allowing me to do it. You're hurting yourself and you're hurting the business.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, man. 100%. It, it, it kills the thought process Like you're meaning to tell me for three hours on Monday night, you guys can't stand each other, but the next day y'all are going to go fly to an Island or a beach and enjoy, um, <laughs> enjoy a, a cocktail and, in the beach and enjoy the sunshine whatever the case may be right like that's ridiculous and i don't expect you we're not stupid we're, we're, i mean at least we're adults we're not stupid uh, even teenagers these days they ain't stupid when it comes to wrestling you can't convince you can't you can't be stupid
0: because girl. of the internet i mean the, you, exactly. you can't be stupid you, you, you're you, you know people that are uh, my, my you know my 12 year old not that he he he, he deep dives as hardcore into the internet, but. Um, He could learn as much as I knew by age, you know, much older than that, just going on the internet. He can learn anything that took me 20, 30 years to research.
1: So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's uh, a, it's a different world and it's, so I don't, I don't, I get it. And that's just what it is. But at the same time, have some decent, have some respect for the business. I mean, where, what happened to Vince? I mean, you know, in the eighties, they tell stories all the time, you know, the, the heels ride with the heels and the faces ride with the faces. and then. They don't want to be seen together. And I know Duggan and what she blew that all to hell. Yeah, And the the boys still rode, you know, in the same cars with bad guys like Tito mentioned in his book. He always learned more riding with the hills because they could tell you what works on their side and then they could adapt what they're doing on their side and kind of make it better. And that makes sense to me. But even uh, who was it? Uh, Oli, was Oli or was it Bill Watts that was real stickler? Like you know, there's a bad guy Watts. locker room. And I'm sure it was. Oh,
0: that yeah. was uh, that was basically every promoter. But yeah, yeah. definitely uh, yeah. Watts fine fired guys if they were caught out. Yes, absolutely, you were not allowed to be seen in the yeah. same place. But that that went for pretty much every territory back in, in the day, and that's because they treated wrestling as if it was real. And they I mean, as long as long as hit. you were doing that, then that made absolute sense. But yeah, I, I just yeah. want to point out when I when I went off on about these assholes showing all these pictures and things like that. I wasn't um I don't have a 4 like my my mind's not stuck 40 years in the past. I'm not saying these guys shouldn't be allowed to hang out in public. I don't give a fuck what no, they no, do on no, no. public. If if they're out in public yeah. and 20 people see them, that's not hurting shit. Uh it's posting shit to your Instagram or your Twitter where millions of people are looking. You're just killing it for them. You're you're it's not even about the business yeah. to me. You're hurting your fans because They've suspended their disbelief. They're your fans because they enjoy your wrestling, your, your, your Mm -hmm. character, your personality. You're ruining it for their, their lives because they turn that in. They're, they're interested in your story you're telling on TV and then you're slapping them in the face. Well, just a reminder, guys, none of that shit's real. So I just,
1: that's what I was kind of getting at there is like you want to be able to disbelieve but then if you just, okay, the show's over, then you go to Twitter and they're posting pictures hanging out or. Or whatever the case may be. And it's just like, how the hell can I buy into this storyline? Can't you stop? Like you said, can't you stop all this shit until your feud's over? I mean, move on to the next guy and then, you know, maybe post your stuff or wait until you at least turn to the same side of the coin as the other guy. I mean, I get it. You have social media. It's readily available. It's right there at your fingertips. You can talk to your fans whenever you want. You can show them the good life that you are living whatever I, I don't care about that shit i don't follow any wrestlers on my twitter it's just it's weird to obsess over what um, some of these guys are doing i do follow maybe i think randy orton cuz he just likes to shit on everybody and he has a good time on twitter and i like it um, but other than that like i don't care what these guys are doing and if i if i ever turn on wwe and get invested in a storyline i'm not going to want to go to twitter or their instagram and get um like I'm trying to invest in that, and then when you go and see what the other side of it, it, it just kind of takes away from that, and it, it diminishes whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, I, it, it, it's shit. It, it's total shit, man. At least have some dec- decency and respect for the fans. It's almost the opposite of insulting your intelligence. You know, it's before you're insulting our talent intelligence by saying it's fake. Now you're insulting your, our intelligence by rubbing in our face how fake it is. Um, like, hey, man, you really shouldn't be suspending belief on this this is how fake it is or whatever they're almost throwing it in our face you know
0: yeah and i mean just uh, another example is is bray wyatt and i love the original bray wyatt character and I, I still think he has worlds of creativity and talent um not exactly sold on everything that's going on with the fiend character right now but i, I give him all the props of the world for being that creative and uh, he created these characters he made them his own he is he is these characters. Um, and then once in a while, I see he's tweeted something about his woman, Jojo, or his baby, or a picture of him at a, a fucking picnic with a cheesy, smiling Bo Dallas and crew. I mean, like, yes, I'm aware of who you are outside of the business. I know you're you're with Jojo. I know you had a baby. I, I know Bo is your brother and shit like that. But But do I really need to be reminded when I'm trying to suspend my disbelief that IRS, the fucking IRS man, is your fucking dad? I mean, that explains your droopy tits and all those, those are clearly hereditary from Papa, but I mean, come on, dude. Like, is it necessary to see Bray Wyatt at a picnic? I, I don't need to see that. So I don't. I, th- I think a lot of these guys hurt themselves. And, and then so many do it to the point where it hurts, just hurts the entire business and turns some of the fans off. Like what, wh- wh- why am I, I look at you as uh, the guy next door versus some guy that I cannot, uh, you know, I can only aspire to be, or, or, or at least hold to a higher level than, you know, the average human being that I, that I come in contact with on a daily basis. They, they lower yeah. themselves down to your level to where they're not these larger than life characters. They're just mm-hmm. another dude down the street. Normal guys. Yeah. yeah.
1: They're just normal guys. And what's crazy is and I, I don't want to go too much longer, too long on this, but uh, when I, I went to WrestleMania 24 as well, and that's when Rick Flair went to the uh, hall of fame and, uh, we just walking around outside the building. It was like early in the day. You couldn't even get in yet. And we just kind of just walking around and we ran into a security guy and he kind of stopped us because we had some belts on like wrestling belts, carrying them around. And, uh, he stopped us and talked to us for a little bit. And he said, yeah, I worked the hall of fame last time. Like, oh, that's awesome. Was the undertaker there? Cause you know, the undertaker is that one guy that takes this shit seriously. And at least he did up until now, you know, he, he finally kind of gave us the other side of the curtain. And at this point, I think it was the absolute best thing he could have done because it does it gives like people like me who grew up with the Undertaker that extra connection to um, now we get to see the man behind the the gimmick and that's cool. Um, But he saved it for when he was done. He didn't do it in the middle of his run. Like, could you imagine Instagram with Undertaker back in like '99 when he was the devil? Like he like Bray Wyatt right now. Like he'd be completely dead. But he made a comment, and it stuck with me forever. And I, I've mentioned this to you. Um, he's like, at the end of the day, these guys put their pants on the same way we do. And, um, and, and I understand that, and that's fine. But there's a reason these guys are over. There's a reason these people draw. There's a reason people tune in to see them. And, yeah, they may put their pants on the same. And I feel like I, that is completely accurate. But at the end of the day – you're invested in these guys and, yeah, and you're invested yeah. for the guys on the TV, the gimmick, the stories, the matches. I don't yeah, want to yeah. be invested in uh, Bray Wyatt or wind or whatever the hell his name is. I think it's Wyndham Rotunda on Instagram. I can give a shit less what he's doing in his days off. I don't want to see that. Keep it private or keep it to yourself. And, yeah, and to me, just, Bray Wyatt yeah. is the, uh, the perfect example of, a character that should be protected at all times he should be the undertaker when it comes to protecting his work because it just it diminishes what he is on tv he, he is the undertaker for this era pretty much not, maybe not on the same level but the gimmick and the way he is he's so over it's so strong he never needs a belt right but well i mean the, that's, that's that's what zombie. all of these
0: guys are doing collectively they're killing the aura they're killing the the mystique of being a superstar is what, what they've, cool. they've basically done. And it's like Jim Cornette's pointed out over and over and over. Um, wrestling is like, uh, you know, a magician. And the only difference is people have exposed how everything's done in wrestling. Nobody's exposed how you do magic. You know, you, you know, you can go figure it out. You can probably look it up online to some degree. How do you do certain mat perform certain magic tricks, but it's not common knowledge like wrestling is now. And and that's the difference. They've held their. Yes, everybody knows magic's fake, but that doesn't mean they have to go expose it.
1: And uh, I don't you know, want I don't want to be exposed. I want to go. If I'm paying to see, you know, 150 bucks to see David Copperfield in Vegas, I'm going because I know it's fake as hell. But I want to see what the hell he can come up with and what he's doing. I mean, yeah. that, that's and like I wouldn't pay 30 bucks to go see WWE right now. That's the yeah. difference.
0: And so as we wind down this episode, I, I got my four points across, and I think you added a whole lot to this show as well, Steve. Um, uh, I don't mean, I, didn't, I don't want to come off jaded. I don't, I don't mean to sound jaded or, or stuck in some other era because I'm not. Um, I'm okay with comedy matches in the right dosage. I'm okay with shoot promos. I think Pauly and Cornette were, were walking that fine line cutting shoot promos on TV more than 30 years ago, and they were great. So there's room for shit like that. But don't slap me in the face in the middle of me watching your fucking wrestling match to remind me that the shit's fake. Um, it makes it worthless and it devalues your character and, and devalues the company or the business itself. So yes, when I look at Ross and Rachel on Friends, I'm aware she's beyond out of his league. But in the context of the show, you don't question it. You, you buy it. You, they've trained you to accept the fact that they're together and, and, and he's on her level. Um, they don't ever stop in an episode to remind everyone that she's way hotter and she's with Brad Pitt while, you know, this dude, Ross, you know, why, why are they pretending he's even anywhere near her level? And I had to, I had to use friends because I used to watch that a lot with an ex of mine. So, but I, it's just something that popped in my head. And as much as Makes I don't, uh, sense. yeah. And as much as I don't like the whole, uh, whole lot of changes going on, I'm receptive to it. As long as the end result is still the basic formula for a wrestling show. As long as you have guys who don't like each other uh, and want to wrestle each other for a good reason or are trying to one-up each other based on a competitive nature to try and attain a championship, and these guys cut these things called promos with emotion and using words that they use in everyday life rather than reading some fucking script or pretending to be a, a, you know, a human being that they're not. And these guys or girls also have wrestling matches where it looks like they're actually trying to beat one another in a match and not see how many fucking flips they can do in five minutes without selling for more than two seconds. Yeah, I don't like 700 flips in a match or guys getting up after a top rope Canadian fucking destroyer because it makes no fucking sense. But at the same time, I don't like 15 minute arm bars either. Uh, Find a middle ground, have a solid match. and, And times haven't passed me by. I love the shit out of Michinoku Pro. They flipped all around the ring. But as Lucha Libre style as that promotion was, they also went back to the fundamentals of someone trying to beat someone as the end result of the fucking match. That's the whole point of wrestling assholes. Bruno San Martino. And I'm not bashing Bruno here, but he didn't have to do shit in the ring and he did as little as he had to do. And I'm, it's not even bashing him. He was a fucking, he, 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 his record sells itself. Uh, that dude could raise his hand and it's on video. I'm not making this shit up.
1: Oh that dude God. could
0: raise his hand and have 18,000 fucking people shake the damn garden. My yeah. dad, my dad marveled in the fact, and he told me this story one time when he lived down in Florida, he went to a, this is back when the mega powers had exploded and they were working the house shows. He went to Hogan versus Savage and he marveled at the fact that for 20 minutes after Hulk Hogan beat macho man, uh, he would. He, he was. He was posing for twenty minutes after the match, and not a fucking person in that arena left. They were glued to watch Hulk Hogan fucking pose. He was cupping his fucking ear, and these people did You know, they, they were sitting there wa- or standing there t- cheering. I mean, j- just think about that. These are, you know, the, these are not the greatest technical wrestlers in the world. They certainly weren't going and doing flips. I probably yeah. saw, you know, as many times as I've been to when I used to go to wrestling in the eighties, nineties, early 2000s, I probably saw every relevant superstar live at an event during that period. And I can say I've never experienced pops any bigger than Steve Austin's fucking entrance. I just, I just haven't. So yeah. again, it's, incredible. It's, a, it's an entrance. Bruno raises his hand. Hogan cups his ear. Steve Austin walks out and they get this fucking uh, response. That's just unbelievable. These guys now yeah. do 900 fucking flippies. And, and sometimes even that doesn't get over there's nothing wrong with flippies. They look cool. Uh, but when you do 20 in a row, I don't give a fuck anymore. It doesn't feel like wrestling. It feels like fucking flippies. And I won't even get into the matches where they telegraph the spots and choreograph by blatantly standing in a position for however long it takes until the other opponent does whatever fucking move they have planned out. It's It looks like horse shit. And I think it's great these guys have these abilities. I think you can use these moves, or at least most of these moves in matches, but... Not every flippy uh, needs to be done in every match. So congratulations. Uh, Now you guys are over with a niche fan base because you do a bunch of flippies. And they love you because you flip. But where's the personal relationship? How do they relate to you? That's the difference between making a superstar who is over on a national basis or an international basis with the masses versus having no personality, but you can do cool moves. So, you know, a few thousand people love you. So you you make that choice and you make that decision, but I just don't understand how that's going to elevate you to superstardom and that's another reason why this generation of stars will never reach the pinnacle. That's why I I originally answered the question no. There's also things that simply hurt your stock, whether it's being too attainable like I mentioned or being able to not being able to break out due to the world as it stands now because you're too offensive on the mic, but then again, you know, there was a guy making money flipping people with his dick. So uh, who's to say what's offensive, I guess?
1: <laughs> yeah, man, it, it, it's incredible. I had this conversation a lot with some friends at work, and I'm just like, there's guys, you know, I, I, I'm, I'll, I'll be the first to say that ladder match. I don't even know what pay per view is that for AEW, but the ladder match between um, Pentagon, Ray Phoenix, and the Young Bucks uh, was incredible it was probably the greatest ladder match I've ever seen live when I watched it initially. And then I watched it the next day because I thought, man, that was so awesome. But now I'm, I could see it. I was looking at it through the eyes of, okay, I have already know what's coming. And you could clearly tell where all the spots were spotted out and planned out. And they had it mapped out completely. And like you said, it was just working to get to the next spot. And um, it's very blatant. It's very obvious. Very obvious. So live, it was awesome. After the fact, not so much, but I, I can go back, and I'm not a huge fan of 70s wrestling. I respect a lot of what those guys did. And uh, they were amazing at being – some of them are over, like, through the roof. But there's a match on the network. I don't even know if it's still on there. But between Bruno and George Steele, and I go to this all the time because I watched it. And I'm like, I don't watch this stuff. So. And it was 10 to 12 minutes. And all they did was punch and kick. And when Bruno landed a right hand on the top of George Steele's dome, the whole crowd erupted. He didn't have to do anything else except throw a right hand at George Steele in that place of 18,000 people, like you mentioned, went batshit crazy as if he just did the greatest thing they've ever saw. And, and when he walked out of the cage to end the match, the pop is louder than anything anyone in the last 15 years has received, hands down. And he did absolutely nothing. And like you said, no knock on Bruno. But sign me up for that gig. I wish I could be that over where all I had to do was throw a few right hands, throw them into the cage, and then walk out the door, and I'm going to get the loudest eruption and you know in, in history. Sometimes sign me up for that job. I'd much rather do that. These and guys that's why, and that's
0: why I wonder what these guys, right? That's why I wonder what these guys aspire to get out of like, being a wrestler, doing? being able like, to do flips, or being able to um, command the fans. Yeah, I mean, just.
1: I mean, Have Flair Steamboat went 56 minutes and they didn't do hardly. I mean, for, for 89, they did stuff like that was crazy, but it was a basic, basic wrestling move, suplexes, rest holds that made you look busy. I mean, they didn't do anything over the top, ridiculous, but it's one of the greatest matches of all time. And they did just a, not even, it's not it's, saying it's a basic wrestling match is a discredit to how good it really is, but compared to what you see now that people have to do just to get a small reaction for like you said a niche crowd, it's night and day difference. And those guys would, I guarantee you would trade. If they had the choice, all the guys from back then, but yeah, I'm I'm working my style. Screw all you guys. I'm not doing this. You look stupid. You look like a a gymnast more than anything else. Yeah.
0: And at the end of the day, man, I think also having no territory system probably hurts a lot and, a lot of people say that because you used to be able to go around go around to the different territories and, and learn different styles and things like that. I'm not even saying it for for that I'm saying that not only are guys not trained properly in a lot of senses now they're they're not taught to comprehend the business properly and so over time they pick up the wrong ideals and and bad habits and even create bad habits and pass them along and it's a domino effect where everyone seems to think they know everything now even when they're breaking in and it's you couldn't do that back then. If you walked into the business acting like you knew everything, people put you in your fucking place. And now it's, you know, it's not like that. And it's truly one of the guys who realize, you you know, you never know everything. And are receptive to constantly listening and learning. Those are the guys that have thrived, like, like an AJ Styles or a Daniel Bryan. They didn't walk in here knowing everything. They came in here with eyes open and ears open, and they, they, they're still learning. I bet they would tell you today. Um, they certainly know a lot, but I I bet they're still learning. And um, it's guys like that, that, you know, succeeded in the two thousands versus, you know, a lot of guys that are out there just, just doing flippies.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And those guys, I mean, they're throwbacks. I mean, yeah, they can do those moves, but an AJ style springboard four fifty has a reason behind it. Uh, He saves it. He doesn't overdo it. He doesn't do, 10 other flips in the match, right? It, it, you, you can't wait to see it. Uh, I love seeing that move. Uh, it, it's excellent, it's it's amazing, it really is. And, um, he doesn't devalue it by doing, like you said, 10 other 10, 15, 20 other flips during the match. Every move has a reason behind it, and that's fine, that's what you want. You don't want, oh, I'm gonna do a Canadian story out of nowhere, and then I'm gonna have this little guy do a Canadian story just to get a pop because he's a midget doing it or a small guy doing a a a canadian destroyer or this person's doing it like like dustin rhodes right it's just it's just everybody does it and when everybody does it it's just for a quick pop and that's it it's it's, there's no meaning behind it it's a it's sad that a move that cool that awesome and that devastating is devalued to nothing because everybody can do it now
0: yeah i think he's um well, who invented that? Was that Pete Williams? I, I think Pete Williams. Yeah, I think he was the one that went on record and said, "Had he known it was going to turn into a transition move, he would never have created the move in, in the first place." So he's disgusted by it, and uh, yeah, you know, it's it's unfortunate the way things are. But Steve, you
1: man, see, uh, uh, I was you see a Canadian destroyer off a ladder through a table, and it's
0: not the finish, <laughs>
1: and it's not over. Like, yeah. yeah, that move has no coming. There's no coming back for that move. That's a shame because that's one of the coolest moves of the last 20 years, let's be honest.
0: Yeah, and you know, shame on everyone for using it that way. Uh, But Steve, our hour's up, man. I really had a lot of fun talking, and we had a couple standby questions, but we didn't need them. We filled the whole hour with this great topic, and I appreciate you asking that question last time. It's the first time I've ever really uh, pondered this or or said any of this out loud, so it's nice to get it all in one place at one time right here on the Power Hour, and uh, I think this was such a great episode that this is really important. I, I don't want to charge anyone for this episode. I want to use this as a freebie, maybe a, a preview for everyone out there on, on the WrestleCopia.com website so you guys can get a little taste of what's to come here on the Power Hour. And maybe you'll subscribe. Go over to Patreon.com slash WrestleCopia and, and subscribe to the Power Hour for more great topics like this in the future. Steve, man, I really appreciated your insight here. I appreciated you joining me here. man. I, I, um, I loved everything you had to say, man. It was uh, very cool
1: yeah this is awesome I'll, i've known you for a long time man and we've had these conversations not necessarily this one um but we've had conversations where it's like deep thought or you know just talking wrestling and um this is the first time i've ever done it in, the, in this setup or this manner and it, it was a blast i can i learned so much from you and uh, i appreciate your opinion i Absolutely. value your opinion more than others and uh so just being able to kind of shoot the shit and get your side of things and and it's funny how much we kind of agree but at the end of the day i think it's a pretty clear picture of the state that the wrestling business is in and it's it's not good and i don't know if it's going to get better so yeah i can only
0: only say this do i think things are going to turn around probably not would i like for them to turn around absolutely i'm not a negative person so i always hope for the best even though i prepare for the worst in, in this scenario but guess what? That's why we have decades and decades of video footage to go back and watch anytime we want. So that's another reason why I'm, I'm totally cool with the the state that it's in right now. Do I like it? No, I wish it would. I wish it would rebound. I'd love to see it come back, but while it's sitting here doing what it's doing right now, at least we have a gazillion hours of footage to go watch and talk about on the grenade and and other upcoming shows. So Steve, man, it was a lot of fun. And that was our take on the question. Has the WWE and, and wrestling in general gone as far as it can go? and we'll be back soon again with more answers to your questions deep thoughts like today and coming soon also be the uh, hell in the cell review that should be interesting so until then ray russell and steve Ekstat, thanks for being here steve
1: Uh, it was a blast hopefully we don't have any you know shitty red lights that takes away from an entire match (laughs) this year so uh, yeah looking forward to it i guess
0: thanks you guys for uh, listening to another edition of the power hour and we'll see you guys later